Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, January 23rd, 2020, not 2020, as Mike corrected me on last week. I like that. Otherwise known as, and I don't know how this is possible because I swear to God, this has been a national (laughs) day before, but National Pie Day. Gotta be. As in P-I-E. Yeah. You know what it was? I bet you we did P-I Day, but we just talked about like P-I-E anyways. Like we talked about our favorite pies, even though it was the number that was yeah. actually yeah. the reference. Okay, I got so you. So now that move. it's actual pie day, why don't we just talk about our favorite digits within pie? <laughs> How, I mean, I can really only go to 3.14. I don't know anything past that. There's got to be. Well, I think it might be like infinite or goes on so long. You can probably just name any three number combo s- sequence and it'll be in there somewhere. So I'm going to say like a uh, two, two, two. Nice. Is my favorite within pie. Ben, what do you got? Do you guys use circular geometry at all? Like, have you ever used pi? I don't think so. I've used, like, I used a circumference calculator because I forgot the equation once. But I know yeah. it now. It's, it's 2 pi r. Pi d. There you go. Yeah. Get that crack. You know what's funny is, so a few days after people are hearing this, like this weekend, I should have a new video out that me and Sean did together. And it's all about geometry. It, well, it's, it's actually... I not, the working title of it is taking the math out of woodworking. Oh, wow. What, what great timing. Okay, let's hear about it. What is it's it? It's like as if, as if this was planned. So it's, we've chose, it's kind of like a tips video where there's probably like five or six different segments. And we just picked kind of like, like stumbling blocks that people hit early that have to do with like math and measuring where you shouldn't be using that stuff, but your natural inclination is to use it. So One of the examples has to do with like the trapezoidal boxes that I make. And it's talking about like, Mm. so I could technically like pull up that information from SketchUp because, you know, I could, I draw it all out first and it would tell me like, oh yeah, this is supposed to be 18 and 49 64ths of an inch long or whatever. Or you could use trigonometry to figure it out, but you shouldn't do either of those things because math and SketchUp both would assume that like everything you've done up to this point is perfect but it probably isn't right. So if you're off anywhere else, then the math is totally off. So like, that's kind of like the macro theme of why you shouldn't be doing this. So it's a lot of those sort of examples and like tips for things that you can do to like make something that seems complex a little bit easier. Cool. It's funny. I, whenever I do sort of angled pieces Mm -hmm. to, to make table legs or stuff like that, I found that it's much easier for me to communicate to the audience in terms of, Okay, start with like a five and a half inch mm-hmm. wide board, measure 18 inches in, cut that as a you know perpendicular cut, 18 inches long, and then do your diagonal corner gotcha. to corner, right? R- rather than saying like, cut a piece this long at this angle, yeah. Yeah. people get kind of confused and th- they tend to set it wrong. The, the other thing that I've been doing to make angle matches is you cut one piece at an angle and then you use that angled piece to set the blade of your circular saw at the same angle for then making the next cut that fits to that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I think that's the the challenge and I'm actually, I think that's a great idea for a video and I'm super excited to see how you break it down because explaining these things can be a little bit tricky Yeah. because people visualize geometry a little bit different, but no, I, I think that's a, it's a really useful idea. And the thing that I, always things gets left out is the consideration of sequence of measurements whereas like people tend to think of geometry as all happening at once mm-hmm. like oh right. if you have a hexagon oh here's all the angles for those pieces instead of like no you're going to cut them one at a time and here's how you check and adjust between each cut so that the whole thing fits yeah and your your 
your inaccuracies don't magnify towards the hole. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you're hitting s- several different spots where you're almost like resetting. So that if right. you had that error, it's like, well, it doesn't matter because now that's just become your new baseline. Right. And yeah. Where you're starting from. Yeah. And I'm excited right. that you're going deeper into this style of content because I remember when you did the what saw should I buy first video and it was like 20 yeah. minutes long. Yeah. And that was a good thing, though. Like I saw that it was as long as it was. I was like, oh, Chris is getting into the weeds. But the beauty <laughs> of it is you got deep into the weeds, but somehow you still made everything make sense. And I think that's just because like the way you make videos, you're always storyboarding and you're kind of scripting really well anyways. So it's like yeah. right in your wheelhouse to have something complicated explained well. So I say keep going at that. That's awesome. This one was funny to make because it felt like and I hope people don't take it this way. But part of me felt like, oh, man, is this bad that we're making it this way? Like, you know, when you would watch a sh- I, the, the show that pops into my head is Saved by the Bell, even though, Mike, you would have been too young to watch that. Right. But when they would do like a best ofs episode where they'd film like two minutes of new content, but then oh. the rest would just be like a flashback. They did stuff. that with The Office, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of <laughs> felt like that a little bit, but I'm like, oh, man, I hope people don't think we're just like trying to take the easy way out. But it's one of those things where like we've done all of these things in videos. So it's like we're making new audio and explaining it in new ways. And like I did a lot of animating, like that was the real time consuming part for this video. But most of the footage for my portions, at least, is footage from existing videos because yeah. it's like I'm, I'm not going to just go redo the whole thing with no project in mind. So I kind of like pulled out original footage of stuff and to exemplify what I'm talking about nice. and show the details. But then like went more into detail than you would in a video because it would just get too like long and boring if you put that in the regular video dude i'm excited to see it it'll be the it'll be a greatest hits of yep. uh four eyes angled woodworking <laughs> cool Best of. all right normally we talk about what we're working on but let's talk a little bit about where we're going and happy to announce we're all going to workbench yeah. con i literally just booked my flight this morning that's awesome i haven't done that yep. yet i need to get on it they're filling up fast Right. So we're all going to be in Atlanta. Tickets are still available. So just Google Workbench Conference. It's the conference for makers, by makers. And it's February 20th through 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. So come hang out with us all in Atlanta. I'm probably going to get there like a day or two early to to take care of some stuff and get all set up and meet with the sort of organizers and and make sure everything's going to go smoothly. Pre-order all those old fashions for Mike. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Tell the bartender, <laughs> cut them off last at two. Year. I was about to say, I learned my lesson from last year. We're good. All right. Mike can it's an older, wiser Mike Montgomery That's right. this year. Um, but no, seriously, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm really excited to see. I'm actually really excited for, for going for Brad Rodriguez's class. Brad always does a presentation around Instagram and social media stuff. And all these platforms are changing so much, so I'm excited to get some updates from him. There's going to be a bunch of demos. I was going to say, Chris is doing a live demo with Craig, right? Yes. I'm doing like a two-day-long live demo. Oh, you're doing a whole so, build. I forget. I'm yeah, yeah. You're doing build, a whole... Yeah. Are you, and you're filming a YouTube video out of this? Yes, it's going to become Dude, a YouTube video. So that's going to be tight. I don't know. I'll, I'll keep it short because I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent. But it's basically, the idea is that I'm going to build a bookcase that's going to be... Or, kind of like a little library that you would have like in an individual classroom. And then it's going to get donated. And Craig is donating the money for the books to fill it up. So we're, we're still finding the organization, but something that has like a kids, a children's program or classroom set setting in it. And so I'm going to be building it there, like within the Craig booth that they have there on the, on the floor space. And 
my hope is that it can kind of be because they have like all their tools set up where like people can actually come by and use them if they've never gotten to use like the ACS or whatever before. So that's going to be the primary tool that I'm going to be making all the cuts on. So the hope is that like people that are attending can actually get involved and, uh, you know, be in the video making some cuts. I don't know. It'll be interesting because I know I'm going to have two days to knock out the whole thing. So I'm going to have to keep it fairly simple and I, I won't have like a ton of time to stop building. But, but still, it's your chance to see Chris build live. That's and tight. be in a four eyes video. I'm excited for it. It'll be really fun. Yeah. I think WorkbenchCon is one of, it's definitely one of the better kind of get together conferences, whatever you call them in the whole maker space. Cause it's that really cool combination of, well, one, just being able to hang out and meeting everybody. That's always great. And being able to sort of like small talk and catch up with the people that you're watching. That's, that's really awesome. That's one of my favorite parts, but it's that perfect combination in my, in my opinion of Talking about how to make good content and helping the people that are interested in that sort of thing, whether it's on Instagram, YouTube, or anywhere else in the game. The people talking, you know, we got people that know a lot about Instagram and how to make that algorithm work for you. Like Brad, you were talking about that, Ben. But there's people talking about how to make, you know, killer content on YouTube. I know last year that was our talk, Chris, talking about, you know, filming and editing yep. and what we and what some of our creative insight is behind that. But then there's also live builds. There's demos. It's that it's that mix between the content and the real building, which is exactly what so many of us are interested in doing. And let's not forget the evening hangout sessions. Exactly. Yeah, that is that is what got me in trouble last year. But it's also <laughs> one of the best parts, too. It's it really is like, you know, you, it's fun. It's really fun. And it's like where you like really have those individual conversations with people. And yeah. Like, drill down on specifically what it is you're interested in and what you want to talk about. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I remember, I mean, WorkbenchCon was the first play time I met Johnny Builds. That was my kind of proper introduction with uh, Industrial Maker, Mike Clifford. It's the first time we met. It was the first time we met in person. In person. Yeah. Tamar from 3x3 Custom. Like, there's so many people that the first time we got introduced was at WorkbenchCon and kind of yep. we've become homies since then. So that's really cool. So come out if you can. If you're somebody that needs to travel to it, get those flights, get that figured out. And it's definitely worth it is all I would say, whether you're local, or you're not local. It's a ton of fun. And uh, it is. you guys have anything else to say? I don't want to feel like I'm rambling. I think you nailed it. I mean, that's it. Like the first two years were awesome. And hopefully it should be better. no different. Yeah. Bigger and better every year. The, yeah, I think the, oh yeah, yeah. The classes I forgot are to say. great. What? I mean, we'll probably be doing some Q and A's, possibly a live podcast oh, yeah, yeah, as yeah. well again. So now go, Ben. My bad. No, that's what I was going to say. The, the, the classes are great, and there's sort of a range. There's people that are doing very serious technical classes on building or on the business side of things, but then there's sort of broader, more inspirational ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a wide range of, of offerings that, that fit. Because I know that it, it's so interesting to me that I'll meet a lot of people that are in this sphere of this sort of maker community, and sometimes they... I don't think they mean to, but they almost have a little chip on their shoulder where they, they right away tell you when you introduce themselves what they don't do. Oh, I, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not trying to do this. And you're like, oh, cool. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> nice to meet someone that's generally interested in the same things. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm not trying to build an audience or I'm not trying to do this. All right. Or they'll say I am trying to do it. Yeah. But it's always funny to me when people kind of introduce themselves by what they don't do. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, there's there's kind of something for everyone, I feel. Yeah. And but the the tip that I would get, I would give everyone to sort of get the most out of these things is 
the more you kind of just relax and realize that everyone here is interested in the same things, you're going to get along fine with everybody and not try to be like, oh, how do I fit in? You fit in because you're interested in the same things. And and that's how we're all sort of connected. Yeah. But it's it's a very inclusive group and it's it's uh it's a lot of fun. I agree. Yeah, and this is one of the few opportunities that we get to be among so many other people that are doing YouTube and content. So we're gonna be sure to get plenty of one on one and sort of like group interviews. That way we can sort of like batch out a few podcasts and we'll be sure to get some video content on that as well. So whether it's with your favorites like Jimmy DeResta or some other people like I don't know. Johnny builds Mike Clifford and tomorrow from three by three custom. Like we just mentioned. So you're saying those people aren't anybody's favorites. <laughs> well, we just know. It, no, no, no. That's not what I was saying at all. All I was saying was Jimmy Duresta. I think Shade is. Throne. I was going to say, I think yeah. Jimmy Duresta is everyone's favorite. That's why I said that. But uh, true. I was going to say, we're going to get some cool content out of that also. Cause it's not that regular that everybody gets together like this. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah. We're not trying to, uh, oversell it or beat a dead horse here but if you can make it it's absolutely worth it it's been a ton of fun the past two years and it should be the same this year too yes yeah not sponsored what are you guys what are you guys working on (laughs) yeah what are we working on chris we talked about yours you're the master of angles this week what do you got ben i'm finishing up a a coffee table with hidden storage much like yours awesome but other than that description, they have nothing in common. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this one's made out of steel and skateboard blanks that will be left Ooh, here. I, I remember that, that skateboard blank. I got to do something with mine. Yeah. Yes. So I originally had four of these really nice Wobi skateboard blanks they left, but one of them was left outside and it got rained on and it just expanded and split apart. Yeah. So I had to change the design on the fly a little bit. This is the no project furniture. I was going to say, this yeah. is that project that you busted up your index finger over with the angle grinder, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Coming back it's, been a, it's been a back burner project I've just been playing with a little bit here and there. So it sort of has a welded steel base. I welded on hinges and it's going to have these little flip top things. But I think the the interesting thing about the project is sometimes you'll have, if you look at the materials you tend to save, right? You tend to save things that are visually remarkable or feel kind of like precious or one of a kind but are often too small to make an easy project out of Mm -hmm. right so i find that i often have a lot of like these like nice pieces of cut off slabs that maybe have a live edge or i have like a really nice thick piece of acrylic but it's like kind of too small for anything but a side table so these blanks made out of you know sort of cross grain of skateboards they're about 10 inches by 12 inches and there's three of them now so you know the edges aren't perfectly square so joining them together wouldn't be particularly great and even if you do you're still only getting like a bench you know not a very sizable piece so it was kind of just trying to figure out how to make something useful that takes advantage of all of it and doesn't you know doesn't have a lot of cut off ends for these kind of precious uh rare components yeah yeah i think i think i think steel is actually a a great way of building bases for things like that. For Plus sure. It's got like thematically, you could be like, you know, cause you grind on steel for yeah. your skateboarding. Oh yeah. There Boom, you go. There you go. Wow. Chris, you can make a pun out a of anything, stretch, but you I'll see it. you guys next week. Chris can make a pun out of anything. No, I was going to say, I saw those skateboard blinks that will be brought. He brought those over during makes giving. And I was looking yeah. at them trying to come up with an idea and, I, and nothing really hit me because it was just that the pieces themselves were like a little bit small, but the way you're configuring everything creates extra surface area for the tabletop. So these smaller pieces 
can transform it together to create a proper sized coffee table. So I dig it. I think it's going to end up looking really cool. And hopefully, I mean, worth worth the blood, sweat and tears you put over it. Tears. Were there any tears? Yeah. No. no tears, just dope. blood just and a, sweat. Just a, just a yell. I mean, you were there when I when I did it. I, I just like, yelled. Ow! I know. Yell. Well, when it happened, I even remember because I was in the living room. I was just like, "Oh no!" Like you won't. That yell only happens when something bad happens. That's not like a <gasps> "Oh, I stubbed my toe." Yell. That's a "Oh no, I might have lost a limb." Yell. No. So the the fingers all healed now. They're still. Have you ever had like a really deep cut? Where it's healed on the surface, there's no scab or anything, but it still feels like kind of cut underneath the skin. Oh yeah, yeah. It's still got that little it's that pink little fresh tish. skin. <laughs> the other Dude. thing that I didn't do enough of was like flex it. So it's like that finger isn't cur- like I got to kind of that finger still feels really stiff. Yeah. Ah. Like all the scar tissue kind of keeps it from yeah. bending, so I need to keep exercising it. Which to, finger is it? It's the uh, pointer finger on my left hand. Hey, you know what's really funny, Ben? No pointer. So I think it was yeah. the very first thing I built whenever we got out to Joshua Tree. It was the two by four coffee table. That's or I'm sorry, not coffee table, but dining table, dining table which yeah. is still the one that we use. And with the angle grinder, I effed up my left index finger and I still have yeah, a, I remember that. and I still have a really aggressive scar going down the whole length of it, like real ugly. So what's going to be cool is once it gets healed up and you just have a scar, we're going to be like we're going to yeah. be scar bros. We're going to be we're gonna have twin scars. Mike, are you left-handed or right-handed? I'm left-handed. Okay, that's what I was going to say. So I'm trying to picture, like, how is it that the left hand is, like, in a vulnerable position? Because, well, so do you hold an angle grinder opposite of the way that I hold it? My well, right hand is traditionally, my left hand is usually on the trigger, but you know, you okay, know how, so you know how things are getting into different nooks and crannies. Like, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah, you yeah. adjust which hand is up front, which one's controlling, and I think that's what happened. Yeah, for me, it was the wheel broke. Yeah. Split oh, in that's half, right. so, yeah. and then it bounced off and hit my feet. Yeah, I that's right. You were talking about you're only going to use the kind that have like the actual like metal tabs sticking through to lock the wheel in yeah, place. Yeah, I, I am. I'm done with the the screw on plastic arbor. I, I was about to say, and I think you hit that on the podcast where we went into it, kind of like we we talked about yeah. it in depth. But I don't think it's that it screws on. It's the fact that that hub is made out of plastic instead of either being the same abrasive or some kind of like strong metal composite or something. Exactly. And so, yeah, yeah, I've had I've had one or two of those sort of not explode like it did to you, but just sort of like kind of break or snap a little bit. And it's it's that plastic in the in the middle. I think also the fact that so on those ones, there's no like physical stop on it. You know how the other ones have like the four little tabs or whatever. Like I know on my drill sometimes like it'll stop so aggressively that if I'm starting and stopping it a lot, the bit will get loose in there. Yeah, just from like the rotation of it of it stopping so abruptly. Yeah, so if you're using angle grinders, be careful. The plastic attachments sometimes explode. <laughs> sometimes they cut your left pointers. Yeah. Mike, how's the countertops coming for the mini kitchen? Bro, we're about to find out. I'm really curious to see. So you, you popping them out of the forms now? or Probably tomorrow, yeah. I'm curious. The pour went well. The form, the form was really straightforward. The one interesting thing that I'm doing is I'm sort of, because I, I don't have an undermount sink basin. It's a, it's a top mount. But I don't yeah. but I don't want the whole lip of it to be raised. So in yeah. the form, I got some like 16th inch thick like sheet material. It's like paneling. And I actually I traced the outline of the sink in this like 16th inch thick material. Mm-hmm. And I basically cut it out. That way it created a negative of that shape in the form. 
Gotcha. So it'll be a top mount sink, but it'll still be recessed that 16th of an inch. So whenever you're looking at it completely straight on, you don't see that lip. Yeah. And I know, I know later on I'll do more and more complicated concrete pours, but the big selling point on this is the fact that it's white concrete counters. Mm-hmm. Cause I already know there's a couple other basic concrete counters videos. So this is sort of how I'm separating it and doing something unique, but still keeping it simple. Maybe next you can do one of your, uh, your homemade terrazzo. Dude, I'm Mike telling Graz. you, what should it be I called? will like Razzo. Well, I still got to figure this thing out. I tried to do it. I tried to do an ex- or I was doing an experiment as I was leaving Joshua tree and that one failed on me where I was trying to use spray paint as the pigment just cause I didn't have epoxy pigment on hand and that did not work. It didn't cure. Uh, I think I had to use too much paint to get strong enough of a color that it just messed with the chemistry too much. So was it going to so, be like the paint is like marbling kind of? Well, it was going to kind of be that way, but now I'm scrapping all of that. I just need to use proper, you know, epoxy pigment or whatever. Well, so what about, when I get back out to Joshua Tree, I've got some total boat out there that I'm going to try. Or just the ones, remember you, you had done like six little mini ones where you actually like put physical like aggregate in there. Didn't Did you I? do that? No, I did little mini ones, but that that was with spray paint. Oh, I thought you had, I thought before you did it where you actually had like, you know, crushed up rock and stuff inside of it and you were making like terrazzo oh, type stuff. So I did that with concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did do that actually. That yeah. was sort of my experiments to figure out how to make white concrete. And I okay. did that successfully. Thank goodness. I was kind of experimenting between using, because I realized I could source white Portland cement and white sand locally. And so I just needed the aggregate, which is the third ingredient to concrete. And so I experimented with using pea gravel, which looked really, really cool. It was almost like some kind of like peanut brittle toffee look mm-hmm. whenever it was snapped in half. But for the concrete counters here, I actually just used marble chips out of the landscape section. White Delicious. marbles. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I used on that. The white concrete river table I did to make that like live edge look so neat. Yeah. Because it looks like, dude, it's so cool. I would like seeing it in person is also so much more crazy because it just looks like it's from another world. Because you've got this crazy smooth white concrete that you just never see. But then the, 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 where I split it in half and made the live edge out of it, you've got these protruding white pieces of marble. Like it's some kind of like gemstone coming out of a, uh, like some kind of like weird alien mine. So it's cool. We're going to be doing uh, quite a bit of, whenever I get back to Oklahoma City next time, I'm going to be doing quite a bit of building for 1032 Space, my buddy mm-hmm. Caleb's clothing store, which yeah. I built out uh, like last year sometime. I told him basically, I was like, yeah, I'll just set aside 12 days and whatever we can get done in those 12 days, we'll just call it good. And I was showing him the white concrete stuff. He came over to the crib. He's like, yes, this, however we can work as much of this into the store, let's do it. So I want to do some shelves. They're like floor shelves, maybe like 18 inches high. Mm -hmm. They display a bunch of like accessories, like whether it's like the, you know how everybody's wearing fanny packs these days is like shoulder bags and, and like crossbodies. Like they use that to display a bunch of shoes, little bags and accessories, but they run down the entire length of the wall on both sides of the store underneath mm-hmm. the, the clothing racks, like the hanging racks. Gotcha. And so it would be like 20 feet of concrete live edge along each wall, but I'm tempted to try it. It would be so sick. It would be so sick. Give it a go. How do you guys feel about the fanny packs? Uh, I'm I used not to have a, f- a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one when I was in like second grade. That's pretty cool. sick. It was cool. M- my grandpa always wore granny, or granny sacks. My grandpa always <laughs> wore fanny packs, but I was always weirded out because he would just pull out the like brownest apple slices in the world Ooh. as like a midday snack out of them all the time. Yeah, it, <laughs> it always like wigged me out. A snack. 
Well, it was like, he, you know, if he was like, you know, working on something or whatever, he'd pack a snack in the fanny pack. That's what <laughs> it's for, man. That ten times <laughs> I know that was a tongue twister. <laughs> and he just pour, pull out some like eight hour old orange slices <laughs> or apple slices. I'm like, Ugh, why are you pull eating this? Over ripened fruit. Exactly. But I like it. I mean, for the utility, it makes sense, right? I don't know if but, I can. I don't think I'm cool enough to pull it off, though. That's what I was gonna say too. Away. These days, these days, I I don't have enough swag in the rest of the fashion department to be able to add it on to what I'm wearing. That's right. Because you got to have a good outfit as your base to include a fanny pack on. That's right. You can't just and throw I, a fanny pack <laughs> over anything. I was about to say, and I wear jeans and the same plain T-shirt every yeah. day. <laughs> For real. All right. Real quick before we move on, let's thank a sponsor. Today's episode of the Modern Maker Podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. Make 2020 a year where you explore new skills, deepen existing passions, even get lost in creativity with classes from Skillshare. Learn about illustration, design, photography, and video, even more concrete skills around building a business and entrepreneurship. So I took the Leathercraft Basics where you create your own leather wallet by Robin Fitzsimmons. Uh, She actually has a series of different uh, leather working ones. This one was really great for me because I was just getting into leatherworking and I just wanted an overview and a small sample project that I could get started on. It was outstanding and it launched a whole nother line of DIY projects for me that involved leather. With Skillshare's short classes, you can move your creativity journey forward without putting life on hold, like Ben just did. So explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash Modern Maker, where our listeners get two free months of premium membership. That's two free months at Skillshare.com slash Modern Maker. All right, thanks. And there we go. Right. I know they're a sponsor, but I really do dig Skillshare. They're one of the best things ever. Heck yeah. I learned if you need to, to use Premiere Pro. That's what I was about to say. If you, I, was, I, I did a course on Final Cut, and that's I've been doing these like little animations and better sort of like transitions lately, and that's where it's all coming out of. So check out Skillshare if you're really interested. It's good. Yeah, I've used it for the leather working courses before and a few other things, and yeah, always a... Always a good experience. Bro, it's just so tight when a sponsor is like so closely aligned with what we're doing anyways. So shout out to Skillshare. Sorry, we keep talking about them. But okay. uh, what should we talk about next, guys? Okay. So I don't know if you guys remember, probably, it's probably like a year ago now when I was on a little kick for like a month talking about using the car wrap vinyl material for instead of like painting panels mm. and stuff for plywood projects. Yeah, I do remember. So I had a guy DM me on Instagram and he was going through like the back catalog of all of our episodes is like, Hey, whatever happened with that? Like you were talking about a lot. And then like, did you ever make a video? I don't remember seeing anything or did it just fall by the wayside or whatever? And I was like, yeah, it kind of like, it's still something I want to do, but a bunch of other stuff came up, took precedent. And I, I, I just kind of forgot about it. And so we were chatting back and forth a little bit. And he actually, I, I believe he does like car detailing and wrapping professionally. So that's probably why it was of extra interest to him. And so we were talking about it a little bit and I'm a weirdo and I sometimes watch <laughs> car detailing videos on YouTube. Me too. You do? <laughs> Dude. Okay. Really quickly before you go on, cause I, I, I hate that I'm interrupting your story, but I yeah, love the it. fact that you said that there's this channel. I don't remember the name of it. I'd have to dive to ammo? find it. I don't think, well, you tell me. Okay. Cause I, I, I only watched his videos once, but I did sort of a deep dive and I watched like 10 of them in a row. All yeah. he does is he details the engine. He goes oh, no. under the hood and like details the engine and the whole engine compartment. So he'll take like something that is like the whole thing is yeah. just black. 
covered in dirt and smudge just like and steam stuff. it dude and then it looks like it's fresh off the showroom when he's done with it nice. and i'm like well it's not exactly what i'm into but it's the it's craziest satisfied. before and yeah it's the craziest before and after so if anybody knows who's that knows who that channel is shout out yeah so i watched the one that i probably watch the most i think it's called ammo and okay. it's some dude he kind of looks like steven wonderboy thompson super tall the fighter yeah yeah he kind of looks like him but he he does like all kinds of car detailing and he's got his own business and like sells his own product and stuff but this one that he was doing they were he has an audi r8 and they were wrapping it and so he had like some dude come in from canada that's like the master car wrapper or whatever and it was cool to see like just how much time they spend on it and like how hard it was and they were talking about it, the r8's like particularly hard because it's got these like crazy like convex curves and all this stuff and he's talking about like i mean it's stuff that i can potentially use even though i'm doing flat panels which would be a lot easier but he's talking about like basically the way you do it is you look at like where all the tension is going to be and that's like what you need to get on first so the goal is that uh. you end up with a wrap that has no tension in it because tension's where it's going to fail over time and so yeah. one of the things that they did when they got to like doing the trunk lid as a nice little touch was because when you're wrapping, you take off like all the badges and everything and then put them back on after. So instead where like the Audi badge is on the trunk lid, he, before he wrapped it, he got one of the dude's ammo stickers and mm -hmm. put it under there and then wrapped over it. So it's like just very subtly. I like embossed. that. Yeah. Now I, I fear that I'm saying this too early where other people are now going to do it before me, but no, 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 you're good. Still my idea to do this on furniture first. So my idea is to basically, since I have the cricket, Crick cut and you can cut out like you know adhesive vinyl, vinyl like sticker type material mm. i think it'd be cool to do like some kind of pattern and then put that on your panels and then wrap over that so it's got like a very subtle embossed texturing or pattern on it that you've that you've wrapped over you know the the numbers on shipping containers are vinyl yeah and we painted over them and it looks really really cool because I was gonna now it's like I was we painted say, over it in matte paint, mm -hmm. and it's just a little. It's so subtle. Yeah. From twenty feet away, you don't see it, but from ten feet away, you do. Yeah, and it's, it's like pretty the cool. hitting it right or whatever. It's one of my favorite details of the whole container house. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. The that I'm I'm excited. So in general, it it, it it's interesting how this works. Let, let's the, the thing I I relate to more than the vinyl, although that's like definitely something I'm interested in, is that kind of back burner experimentation that you have the idea and then like you kind of like order some pieces for it. so i'll often have the idea then i'll get on amazon i'll order the parts for it and then but i haven't quite worked it all out and then they're kind of just sitting there often for a year or two years before i actually get to implementing and so it's funny it, i i really relate to the the sequence of events between when you had the idea to like a year later yeah like finally have like having another the aha moment well, you have another, you have like another piece to the puzzle that then like makes it, okay, now it's time to implement this all. Yeah. You know what? So when it's I, marinating. when I initially <laughs> wanted to do it, like part of the reason for me was I've never been able to paint something that great. And I think a lot of that yeah. is like, there's just a limit to how well you can paint something without like a nice professional setup and spraying and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you always get a little bit of roller marks or something. Yeah, and so to me, it was like, oh, this could be like a better implementation of just like doing color, more clean, more consistent, yada, yada. And so that was cool, but it was just like looking for a replacement for something else. Now with this whole emboss idea, it's actually like a different thing 
that you wouldn't really be able to achieve the same way with paint. Yeah. Still, I would love to see, because you can get that stuff in like a really matte finish, right? It doesn't have to be glossy. Yeah, they got all kinds of stuff. I was about to say, and if that's the case, I would love to see it still on its own as cabinet faces, but then taking it to like what you're saying with the next level. Because I hate painting things for that exact reason is I I'm always done and I look at it and I'm like, well, it looks good, but I wish it looked better. (laughs) Yeah, dude. What if you even just did uh, this might be stupid, but what if you just did like a dresser or something and you had like your sock drawer, your underwear drawer and like it was just like very subtly embossed in there. (laughs) That would be tight. I like that a lot. Now I know where my socks and underwear are. Could you also just like put things underneath? Yeah. Anything. The vinyl. Yeah. Like. You could like glue a penny down to the wood and the vinyl. <laughs> yeah. You get like all that texturing to come through probably like if, cause I, you know, it like really contracts if you put a heat gun on it. So it probably would mm. like tight, get tight enough on there where you'd see that some of the detail. What else could you put down there then? That's you could do flames. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Make it look like a West coast chopper. <laughs> have you, have you, what happens if you do it over an open framework, right? Like, so let's say you made, Like the way they stretch canvas over a frame. If you want to make like a really lightweight panel. I mean, obviously it'd be very fragile. Yeah. But. Well, if you added heat, if you, if you added a little bit of heat, could it sort of like contour and stretch easier over something like really three dimensional? Like if you put it over a mannequin head, could you kind of like heat it? Well, I'm I'm thinking of those, those UFO lamps. Have you ever seen those where it's a wire frame and then they take like fiberglass and they like shrink wrap it around there and they're like super expensive. I'm Googling it now. I don't know that I've heard of it. Off white hanging hanging lamps. But yeah, they they take a a really it's almost like a little bit thicker than clothes hanger wire. They make kind of a a shape and then they shrink wrap like translucent fiberglass or plastic film over it. What do you call it? A UFO lamp? Or that's just what you're calling it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're called. Mm, I don't think this is what you're talking I'm seeing like magnets with like a floating flying saucer above it. <laughs> that's what I got. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm see. getting to. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, because I was like not impressed. Ben's like, that's no. ex- oh, I see one here where it's like a UFO and it's got a cone going down and it's it's sucking a cow into it. Is that what you were talking about, my- or Ben? I'll have to that's look it exactly up and it. throw that puppy on Instagram. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I was wondering with the vinyl. It's like, could you make a... Could there be open space in it too, right? Like what would it look like if you, or even if you like CNC'd out letters where it's like a negative void and then shrink wrap it, would it really sink in around those, those open spaces or even like a perforated plywood panel? Yeah. I don't know if you could have like completely open space just because like you were saying it would be too fragile, but I mean it, I'm pretty sure when you, when you hit it with heat, it'll shrink up quite a bit and Mm. like doing those like complex shapes. I think you can do it, but you have to be pretty skilled and strategic about like the order in which you wrap something. That makes sense. No, you, you can't just like throw it over there and hit it with heat and it's going to just like. Bloop. Yeah. Another thing I think could be sick is especially since you have that vinyl cutter, the cricket is if you had like a glass pane and you had some negative space where you had colored, you know, some some whatever parts that you had the vinyl on. But maybe you had some like stenciling where you had see through letters. Okay. It's the Nelson Saucer. Ooh, okay. Lamp. Nelson Saucer Lamp. Nelson Saucer. Hey, good old George Nelson. That's right. He's a yes. friend of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. These are classic. People call these like IKEA lamps oh, these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen these. Yeah, that's sick. I always thought, like, I don't think I've seen one in person. I always pictured it as like rice paper or something. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, a lot more it's a plastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the viewer, 
these look like those rice paper lamps a little bit, but they're molded plastic around a wire frame. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a faceted UFO or something. But it's the same sort of shrink wrap idea. I like it. No, those are really neat. Yeah. You see a lot of plays on that with like, it's funny. It's I'm sure the ones that are like George Nelson designed aren't cheap, but you see a lot of these like in Ikea and sort of stuff like that. And I imagine it's because they can make them out of pretty cheap paper and and wire. Yeah. It's become like fairly ubiquitous. Yeah. I dig it. That's what I got going on. That's my, my, my version of white concrete. Awesome. Oh, sorry. I, I said last week that I was going to be dropping three videos. I, I did not zero. get to drop a, a, a trace. I did not drop a trace. Just a deuce. Uh, dang sponsors, man. It takes too long to get approval on things. But I woke up this morning with a thumbs up to post two videos. Nice. So those, those are going to be going out Monday and Tuesday of this week. So apologies, but still, finally, finally made them. I'm still dropping a deuce. Just a week. You were constipated. But it's been crazy because I've been like holding back content because I keep every day I expected to get a thumbs up the next day. You know how that kind of works. Oh, and dude. so I was like, so I've been holding my Instagram posts and my Instagram stories because I sort of like wanted the chronology of this whole Andrew Schultz stuff to be done mm-hmm. and all posted on Instagram before I started posting other things because I, I, I didn't want my feed to look like it's jumping back and forth like crazy. Yeah. Which is, I guess, good because now I got a bunch of Instagram stories kind of like stacked up, ready to go. But it was still a crazy feeling this last week because I think I posted like once the whole week. You know what? I was so like YouTube content wise, Sean and I were on a pretty good roll. I feel like we had like two or three months where it was like every Saturday new video. Mm -hmm. And then I had one come out the first Saturday of this month and this year. And then haven't for the past two Saturdays. Dang. Kind of because what you were talking about, like sponsor stuff. So the, the Samsung, the CES video. Oh, yeah. That one, I mean, I saw actually they wrote back to me while we were podcasting. So I'll see, maybe it's approved and I can post it in the next I have to imagine days. I probably took a little bit to put that one together anyways, too. You know the what? Edit. It came together surprisingly fast. I had to like open it back up because I was able to squeeze in a portion about the like eco packaging stuff that I think I talked about it last week, but it, it got to my house and I was able to include that in. And now I've just been waiting to hear back. But it's one of those things where they're in Asia. So there's like naturally just going to be a delay where, you know, I don't send it to them. It's the middle of the night or whatever. And then, yeah, there's kind of that day in transition. They wanted like that's one of the things it, it was crazy. Like, you know, most one. So. Behind the curtains, sneak peek. <laughs> a little behind the scenes yeah. here. Sometimes like part of the negotiating with a brand is like they'll want X amount of re-edits. Right. Possible. And rounds of be, revision. Yes, rounds of revision. That seems to be with like the bigger brands. And it so makes this sense. One, they just want to make sure that you don't right. say anything that like is completely wrong or tatters their image or whatever. Yeah. Right. And so this one, they wanted up to five rounds of revisions. I was like, oh, God, I hope that doesn't happen. That's scary. Hopefully it's the type of thing like you send it once and it's like, here are all the things we need you to change. You change them and it's done. Yeah. But they want to have like multiples on the, uh, you know, open to them if possible. And so this will be like the first set of revisions that I've even heard back on. So hopefully it's minimal. I mean, they looked at the video before I didn't include that part and it was very minimal their feedback like they they liked it which i was happy about because it's like definitely a goofy kind of video like you know i'm, I'm not just being like and the specs on it or this and like i'm goofing <laughs> around in the video and they were cool with it like they, they wanted me to be me yeah so yeah hopefully i'll be able to get that up soon but it's going to be the type of thing now where it's like i have that video we've got this like taking the math out of woodworking video and then we have a project video that sean's doing that all need to that'll all go up this month and it's like already 
the 21st as we're recording this. So right. now it's going to, it's all just going to be backlogged. Like, so no, uh, no Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. It could be a triple drop. We don't know. We'll Man, see. Ooh, it's exciting yeah. stuff though. I, I'm, I'm curious how that content works for you. I, I'm so curious because like I keep saying, man, I love it. And I'm really glad that you're doing more of it. I know. Now we got to get, we got to get McDonald's to sponsor me and be like, hey, come to McDonald's and just taste all the yeah. food. So you, you said, <laughs> yeah, that's an easy sell. Just eat it. <laughs> Done. I can do that kind of video. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Love it. Um, so you said you already sent sent it for review once though. I sent the it for CES review video. Yeah, I sent it for review okay. before I had added the part about like the the cardboard material. Now I get it. Okay. And then it got out to me, and so I built like a piece of furniture out of cardboard and included that in the video. So hopefully we're all good. We'll see. I'm curious. Yeah, five rounds of review. That's scary. I know. As a <laughs> as a fellow content creator, that's scary to see. Yeah. Have you guys? found like here, here's been my experience is like the bigger and more established the brand is the more i don't know if strict is the right word but like the more rigid their brand guidelines are yeah and it's funny because like i feel like now all brands are like doing this kind of like no we want authentic authentic people in like you know or in our sponsorship yeah but, yeah we want it yeah we want it to feel natural that's what they all say right right but you can tell the brands that like legitimately want that and just like want that because that's like the where the wave is right now or whatever like dollar shave club they're just like do whatever you want you know your audience <laughs> and that's it it's like yeah. awesome like that it makes it so easy and then like i did this thing with honda and like i i'm doing this thing with samsung and it's like they want that but then it's like got to do this got to do this make right. sure you don't do that blah, blah, blah. like so yeah it, it's interesting and i don't know i mean I, it's nice to see that the wave is going that way Right. But how like I think it is hard for those like more established brands to truly have people do that. Whereas like a dollar shave club or somebody's just like that's how they've done it since day one. Yeah. And it's funny because all those <clears throat> and I hope we're not getting too much into the weeds for the listeners. Let us know if we are. But all the direct to consumer brands, people like yes. dollar shave club, someone like Squarespace even, which is yeah. like one of my big long term sponsors, even Skillshare, which is a sponsor of this podcast episode, they all have really solid metrics to know if they spent their money well or if they didn't because they're selling something online. But someone like LG or someone that has a really high price tag item, a lot of times they're just going for uh, what's the right word? They're sort of like marketing just to get awareness up. Exactly. And so it's not as easy of a metric to sort of, you know, measure success or failure on. And so those brands that are direct to consumer at the end of the day, they're like, I don't care what your ad read looks like. I mean, obviously they care to an extent, yeah, as long but it's like the creative is up bad. to you. Yeah. Cause at the end of the month or at the end of the deal, they're just going to look at whether or not you are able to, you know, promote well, get people to the website and then see, you know, if, you know, people were interested or not. So that's, what's really cool about working with, you know, shave clubs and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, you know what's it's, funny? go so, ahead. I was going to say it's, that's the crazy part about working with more established and like real real sort of like legacy brands as they do have that sort of brand identity figured out completely already so i don't i don't know if you guys have seen it but the last video that i put out where with like the epoxy joint kind of thing oh yeah 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 so it was a warby parker sponsored it and like i don't think i've ever gotten more positive comments from people about like (laughs) dude that was an awesome ad integration dude i'm gonna have to watch it then because i skipped it i skipped i have a tendency of son of a 
Okay, I shouldn't have even said that. I know. <laughs> I have a tendency of fast-forwarding ad reads. I secret, Mike. No, so okay, was, good. I Ever have, since DVR, people have figured that out. <laughs> yes, people are well aware that that's a trick that you can do. It was one of those things where I just had the idea and I was like, oh, I have to do this. Where it was while I was doing it. You know how sometimes you'll get a shot that's out of focus? Yeah. So I pretended that I had a shot out of focus and was like, oh, sorry that this shot's out of focus. But And I was like, you know what? No, I think I can fix this. Okay, one or two, three or four, where it's like as if you were getting an eye test and then right. I thank them and people are like, dude, that was such a great ad integration, blah, blah, blah. And I like doing that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know if the audience likes it or hates it because at the end of the day, it's still an ad, but I it's creative. It's, like, it's one of those things that you can begrudge that you have to put in your video or you can be like, oh, I'm going to have fun with it, if the, especially right. if the brand's willing to let me. And it's like a chance to be creative with the video. I... I think that like people are happier about seeing you do an ad that way because it reinforces the idea of like that you're thankful that there are brands that are willing to support this content yeah. that enables you to make it for free to keep going. So I don't know. I think that like even if it's subconscious, I think that comes across and, and it makes people more receptive of it or happier about it. And it makes it more fun for me. And yeah. I was even thinking about that this week. Like, you know, if just like, you know, all those conversations that you have with people about like, oh, whatever, negativity about sponsorships or whatever. And like the idea of like, would I be doing this if I couldn't get sponsorships? And I was thinking, yeah, I think that I would, but I'd probably be putting out like four videos a year because I wouldn't be able to dedicate the time that I'm able to do. Oh, you would still be it. doing it, but it would be a hobby and you would have a different job exactly. that's taking up the majority of your time. Okay. Right. I was yeah, even I thinking you. like, you know, I would be interested. Uh, whatever. I'll, Never well, it's like we've talked about this a million times, like especially in our like get to know us episodes that we did early on. That was what you always said is like, if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I think it would be really cool to be in advertising and marketing, sort of like Mad Men coming up with creative and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Image. You've said that so many times. And yeah, I think it's, it's really clear because I, uh, it I always live out that fantasy. I was about to say, so with you, I, I, I know what you were just saying is like you put in creativity and I, and I hope or you hope that that sort of extends to the audience that shows, hey, I'm putting effort into this right. um, and it's not some sort of thing where I'm just trying to like cash out quickly. Yeah. My version of that is trying to just like do a really clean ad read and be concise and make sure that I'm not going on and on about it and like, you know, trying right. to get, get good production behind it. I don't work in as many like subtle jokes as you do, which is what I love about yours. But I agree. It's like. You could stand in front of a camera and like try and like spout it all out off the top, or you could put some real effort into it and make it watchable. Yeah. Like yeah. making it think, watchable is <laughs> a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, and I think that the audience, like I was saying, either consciously or subconsciously appreciates that because I think that they appreciate seeing that I appreciate, if that makes any sense. That's exactly it. Yeah. 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 I agree. It, it's, I, I'm working on an integration right now, which uh, should be going live so it's a it's a company that makes a very water efficient shower head system mm, low flow and it's called uh nebia and i'm normally very skeptical of low flow stuff so they reached out for a sponsorship and the minute it was like water efficient shower head i'm like no i, I care about <laughs> taking a shower that's actually comfortable yeah that rinses shampoo out of your hair quickly i don't want this like this weak sauce no joke <laughs> weak like sauce. Low flow. That, it's like the Seinfeld that, episode. Yeah, I was, was going to say, you yeah. got to do a riff on the Seinfeld <laughs> well, episode. Well, then they sent a brief 
and they're kind of explaining the tech. And I looked at who was behind the company and it was like Tim Cook from Apple's invested. The heads yeah. of Google had invested. I was like, oh, there's really smart people behind this. And it was actually like new technology where they they're using like jet engine technology to break the water up and shoot it faster. Mm. Ah. So I tried it and it's actually really great. It feels like more water. But what's crazy because it like less water, higher velocity. Water. Right. Well, because it spreads the water out, uh -huh. if you're and the shower head's really big, it looks like a giant donut with a whole bunch of little nozzles. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is it completely covers you. So if you're standing underneath it, like it's not like a normal shower where it's like one side is covered. Yeah. Or like a standard rain shower head where it feels like you're drowning or you're getting waterboarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked really well. It like Gessie, who has really thick hair, she, she tried it and said that it was fantastic at rinsing out, you know, conditioner and, and, and stuff like that. Cool. But the product's fantastic. But man, they are being such sticklers on like every single word, right? Uh, like they're like, okay. don't use the word mist. They're like, talk about it in your own language. And I'm like, all right, it feels <laughs> yeah. like a really Do warm mist, but that also <laughs> penetrates all the way down to your scalp. And they're like, no, don't use the word mist. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Like, so it, 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 it's interesting because on one hand, I get it because they focus group certain words and then they test it. But then it's kind of like if you want to use influencers for the kind of organic, authentic kind of feel to thing, but then you overly script it the way you would do a scripted commercial, it's kind of like the worst of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah, it feels You cheap. want them to either tell you, say this or say whatever you want. You don't want right. to be in that weird middle ground. Yeah. Don't pretend to do both. Yeah. Right. But really fantastic products, super easy to install. We just installed another one at my parents' house. Oh, and that's and a yeah, Kickstarter like, too, right? Yeah, so the Kickstarter is live now. It's called Nebia by Moen. It's about 100 and they start at $160 to $190. If you're on a septic system, you should definitely consider this if your shower goes into your septic because it'll just drastically reduce the amount of water. And if you're also, your heating bill from your water heater, if that's high, mm. because it uses less water, it more efficiently distributes the heat. So it actually lowers your heating bill for hot water pretty dramatically. There you right go. on. So you don't have to do it for environmental reasons. You can do it for greed. I was about yeah. to say, and uh, I got some of the the sort of like press material for it and it looks really cool, man. It looks, it yes. looks, it looks futuristic in space age, but it doesn't look like two Jetsons either. Like they were trying too hard. So it's, it's something that fits in to today's world, but still looks futuristic. I That's think yeah, you, should, you should consider it for the bus. I'm thinking about it, but I've already sort of, well, that was sort of what they, so they reached out to me and I said, I might use it on the bus, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go with something a little bit more classic for RVs, but I am interested in trying it out. So whatever house I renovate, I'm definitely going to give one of them a shot in there. I think. So it's a Kickstarter, but it's by Moen. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it was independently designed and then Moen oh, okay. so, sort of like got on board once they realized gotcha. that sort of like technology is there and it's and, as and legit just as it is. That's a great way to launch a product, period. I know. Even that, if you're a big brand. It makes yeah. sense. Have you guys seen that before? Like, have you seen other examples? Yes. And I've seen it more and more. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, it's a proof of concept without, or I guess. For them, yeah, it's probably less about the money then and more about the like, it's just exposure. a good platform for exposure. Yeah. Especially if you have like a, a new idea. Like I don't, Kickstarter doesn't work if you're kind of like rehashing old versions of the same thing. But if you are bringing something right. actually new to the table, that's one of the best ways to propagate new ideas out there, I think. Because that's what everyone is there for. They're all there to see something sort of new. And the uh, amount of nah. people that are just 
the amount of people that are just browsing Kickstarter, and then once something is able to make the homepage of Kickstarter, there's just so much organic traffic there that it's perfect. From like genuinely curious people too. That's the interesting part about it. There's not a lot of websites or platforms where there's people that are just there to see what's new and what's innovative. Mm -hmm. I dig it. Speaking of general curiosities. That's right. What are you obsessed with? Wow. Good job, Chris. Um, well, I just want to give a thumbs up to Mac Miller's new album because that was my, oh, yeah. it wasn't, it, I guess it was my obsession, but really it was more like what I was looking forward to last week and it and came it through. Good. It's produced really well. In fact, BBC, like Radio One or whatever, Zane Lowe did a interview with the dude that produced the record with Mac Miller or whatever. And they're just sort of talking about the idea of like preserving the authenticity of it without being able to record new parts yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And it was it was it was a really good conversation, especially if you're just interested in anything creative. I think there's a lot of relatable moments in there. So I'm going to piggyback off of last week and say, check out that interview. It's Zane Lowe and I'll find the producer's name while uh, you guys talk. Nice. All right, I'll do two quick ones. So one would be that band Pine Grove came out with a new album on Friday. That's right, buddy. Actually, Johnny Brook let me know before anybody else did. Before uh, I saw it on the internet, Johnny Brook texted me like that morning. Hey, Pine Grove. Yeah, so have you listened to it yet? Yeah, I like it a lot. It's yeah, not my it's favorite good. of theirs, but it's I solid. I was going to say, maybe because I'm mostly listening to stuff while I'm working, like I could use a few more upbeat songs. I think so. You know what I think it lacks is a little bit of edgy angst. There you go. But it's, got, this it's is, definitely got some, some good songs on it. It's got some good songs. I think the I think it's one of those things where... I think what's so good about it's called the pine Marigold, by the way. Sorry, for that's right. I'm sorry, and I don't mean to cut you off, but no, please. Okay, great, 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 great. I, my take on it is, I think Pine Grove's first album or first compilation and Cardinal are their yeah. best kind of works. Everything until now in Cardinal, and then now they've got this new album. And I think the problem is what's so good about those first couple albums is it's like it's really good songwriting, but they're also really young and really angsty. And like really trying new things that had never happened before. But now their sound is so well developed mm -hmm. that it kind of feels a little comfortable. Yeah. This new album feels a little comfortable. It's still, they still have a unique sound for sure. Like I was thinking yeah. about the easiest way to describe it. And I would say it's alt country meets emo. That's what I said, dude. I it's, it. I, that's what I always say. It's like emo kids that grew up in Nashville. Yeah. Or I guess is Asheville that where they're is from? where or? they're from Asheville, okay. I think. But it sounds like Nashville emo kids, where it's like you grow up listening to a bunch of Willie Nelson and like country twang stuff, but also listen to, you know, emo stuff. Let's just not, say American football. Not my chemical <laughs> romance. Emo. No, not, no. Get that out of your head right now. Yeah. Get that Real out of there. Emo. Yeah. We'll just say American football. There you go. Oh, and the other one, another one, this will not be a shock to anybody, but Curb Your Enthusiasm came back. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch the first episode. Oh, but, not yet. I heard it's oh, fire, though. It was hilarious. Oh, nice. I was cracking up watching it. Nice. It was one of those things where you could tell, like, I don't know if the whole season's going to be this way, but it was like he had his list of, like, here's 10 things in pop culture that have happened since I was last on the air that I want to address in this episode yeah. that are bugging me. It, just it, it was funny, in, dude. Just, like, went hard. Yeah, yeah, just like little, okay. like there were like random little things in there, like just this, it's not much of a spoiler, but like there's just like a scene where like it doesn't even talk about it, but he's literally like walking down the street, they're talking about something else, and he just like tips over a bunch of those like Joy Bird scooter, whatever they're called. Yeah. You know, they're all like limed up and, or lined up, and they just like all tip down like a, like dominoes or whatever. And like they don't even talk about it, but you can tell he's probably just like, oh, I hate these scooters, so let's throw that in the episode. But yeah. it, it was funny, man. Like it had me cracking up and I'm, I'm excited it's back. 
So mine is a ceramic maker, and it's called Cly.Ceramics, C-L-A-I, period, ceramics on Instagram. And giving them a shout out because they made me a pufferfish bong. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I saw this on your Instagram story. Do people name bongs? Is that a thing? Like cars? (laughs) I mean, this one is like very, it looks like a character out of uh, Finding Nemo. Yeah. So I've been helping them come up with ideas for sort of products with their ceramics business. They kind of make very like sea creature kind of looking things. And I was like, well, obviously this should be a bong. So I contributed wisdom. Now, uh, this was a prototype. And the glaze came out a little bit messed up, so they're actually working on some 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 different versions. But yeah, it's haven't tested it out yet. Uh, I'll wait for you, Mike. But uh, it, it's pretty cool, and I I kind of like their design aesthetic. It's it's it, it's almost like they make these like ceramic things that kind of look like a Pokemon or an emoji kind of character, but they're they're starting to make them into like functional household objects. Hmm. You know, I saw a video. It's probably going to be too buried for people listening to this now. But if you have a chance, or maybe I'll try to like reshare it or something on Instagram that Design Milk shared. It's probably like three days ago now. So over the weekend, say. And it was a person finishing like a, a ceramic pot or whatever that they had turned. And I know you guys have kind of like talked about that before. And I've never been, I've never been super interested in trying. Like it looks fun, but I've never like, really want to try it and seeing this i was like dude this is the most mesmerizing video i've ever seen i really want to try it but they were like painting it while it was turning yeah and he was Ooh, also doing dope. the thing where it would be like if you did like a spiral checkerboard pattern while it was turning i don't know how the hell they do it like if it's like a tool that like bounces off of the material as it's going or whatever but like within five seconds just goes like all the way up the side of it and makes like this crazy checkerboard pattern hmm. It was That's crazy tight. looking. Like, it looked really fun. It was a super mesmerizing video. Yeah, pull that up if you can find it for Instagram. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. That'll be cool. I want to give one more shout out since we're doing a lot of maker shout outs. I think this is somebody that I've talked about maybe two months ago or something like that, but I want to give them one more plug. It is Jin's Mistake. Like, J-E-N-N-S. Jin's Mistake. Jin. She does a lot of... Her content is a little all over the place. She does a bunch of kind of like vlog lifestyle stuff, but her furniture build videos... Really? I'm going to say the the video quality is close to what Chris is doing in terms of like the cinematography of it. She's yeah, shooting and like editing that. really, really nicely. She just doesn't have a ton of project videos out yet. But but the ones that she has are genuinely really great. The furniture is yeah. really beautiful. She's going to blow so, up. So sure. I was about to say she will blow up, especially if she keeps building and making thumbnails like she is because she's really doing a great job. She's just not, and I was the same way whenever I first started, like she's just not on Instagram and all over the internet yet. And I think that'll come, I'm sure. Yeah. So give her some love, tell her to post more and all that sort of stuff. Give her some comments on some videos that are encouraging. Yeah. If you like my stuff, you'll like hers. It's just like super nice furniture she's doing, really nice video. And it has that like kind of serene quality to it i think she even puts like yeah. jazzy music in it and stuff. i was about to say Ooh, it's jazzy music piano yes. jazz baby like like christmas jazz piano music like it's I somewhere in, in between some like ishitani's videos and chris's videos yeah it's like if me and ishitani had a baby and it was a girl which we might yeah you never know well I, i'm pretty <laughs> confident on this one. hey nature finds a way buddy Jeff all right room. well we appreciate you guys listening every week whether that's on your way to work at work or in your workshop 
If you're mm. working, you should listen to Modern Maker Podcast. We go with work. Keep us in mind. If you have any questions or topic suggestions, you can hit us up individually on Instagram. I am at Modern Builds. Chris is at Four Eyes Furniture. And Ben is at Benjamin Ueda, U-I-E-D-A. Otherwise, stay tuned to next week. Listen to the back catalog. We reference quite a few old episodes. So if you haven't heard those, check them out. And we will see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye. See you at WorkbenchCon. Yes.